0: Hi there. Welcome to Shrink Chat. This is the companion show to our main podcast, Terror Talk. My name is Shannon, and I'm joined every week by my friend, Kathy. On this show, we talk about psychology and media and whatever else comes up. It's a bit looser. So hang out and welcome to Shrink Chat. Hi, everyone. This is Shrink Chat with Shannon and Kathy. Hello. Hello. Hello! It's the end of January. It is. We are pre-recording this, but when this airs, I will be in the thick of um,
1: Sundance. I will just be thankful, because January tends mm. to be always straight out the gate, really chaotic, work goes back, school goes back. Uh, January's like an adjustment month. It's like okay. you come off of like the relaxation of the holidays, and it's like, boom! Smacks you right in the face. What? Well- <laughs>
0: well and like fall is also our favorite time right so we do like a lot of usually it's like there's a lot of fun with the halloween season even just even this year it's like watching all the movies and getting into that Mm -hmm. and then you kind of slide on your ass into the holidays and collapse yeah and and then then it's like wake up now you're having to like get your shit together again yeah fair you had some news I think you wanted to share
1: I just wanted to share that I'm super excited I love when I'm not a fan of remakes however if it's remade well Mm -hmm. and it's two amazing directors one remaking the other then I get curious (laughs) Um, and I love Jordan Peele and he's been redoing you know he did redid yep. Candyman, but now he's redoing the people under the stairs, which mm. is a uh, West Craven. I think it's 1991, very unusual film. It's comedy esque horror. Um, and it's, you know, horror, it's suburban horror, which I love. Like if you grew up in the suburbs, then there's, I think a certain, some people are just really drawn to, wow, that, that's that could have been my next door neighbor that right there's like that feel to it so the people under the stairs is basically about a a young boy who um you know living in certain conditions which by the way you know back when Wes Craven did this in the 80s it was one of the first times we saw a young black boy as the protagonist of a film so it's really really interesting to see Jordan Peele's uh he always brings such a great like socio-political context to his films and then still makes them super creepy. Right. So I love that he's redoing this. Um, but he, he goes into rob this house of a very like privileged, wealthy mansion and the two people end up the mommy and daddy. That's the character's names. Mm -hmm. They end up, you know, basically being, um, storing their children who are cannibals, mm-hmm. right, in this house. So I'm really excited to see Jordan Peele's take on this, especially because it was a Wes Craven film and what he's going to do with it. Um, and yeah, I don't yeah. know. It
0: looks like it was a 1991 mm-hmm. horror comedy. That's cool. I it, it strikes a chord like I'm vaguely familiar with it when I read the little synopsis. And I'm not surprised that Jordan's doing it because it, the thing I'm reading is talking all about how it's like a a satirical depiction of gentrification, totally. class, class warfare and capitalism. Yep. So that's like right in line yep. with what he does. Right.
1: The original, uh, cast who played the, the parents were actually, they were, um, on twin twin peaks and they were a couple on okay. twin peaks. Aww, and that's really, how that. that's, I think how they were casted. Okay. It's because of their chemistry on that. Nice. And they're just odd. I haven't watched Jordan so. Peele's um, uh, Twilight
0: Zone. Is what I was keep thinking. I know like, I
1: haven't seen it yet either. I haven't but. watched it. Um,
0: when I went to go look for it, which I do have access to it now, when I went to go kind of like look around it, I noticed the reviews weren't that great. And you notice it's really like not in our zeitgeist at all. I it never know. really, it never really reached out to people talking about it a lot. So I'm having, a, I'm feeling like maybe. It didn't get the critical acclaim. Okay, um, It's not like he directed every episode or anything. I think it's just his production company, right. maybe. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Okay. I think you're right. So the other thing I wanted to do was, um, uh, some of you may remember a few weeks ago, we did a little contest um, actually where I just told people to go to my letterboxd.com account Um, and like a particular list of films that I made there. I made a winter horror and winter setting list of films. And then I asked you guys to uh, like the list and then comment on the list. And some people did that. And then what I did was, is I put those names into a hat and then I picked one. (laughs) It was very technically savvy (laughs) because it wasn't like a thousand people, so I could do it that way. But you never know. I might have done it that way anyway. Anyway, the list is really fun because there's like 329 films. And I noticed that I've only watched, well, Letterboxd I've only been using for like a little over a year. So in the last year, I've watched 73 out of the 329 movies on that list. But I that was with concerted effort. Cause like when it was be cold, I would like look for a movie on that list Mm -hmm. that I hadn't seen Mm -hmm. and watch it and find it and watch it. And I found some gems. So that was good. Anyway, I picked a name (laughs) and the name that I picked out of a hat was Mandy small. Yay. Yay. And I happen to know that Mandy is one of our patrons as well. So that's exciting. That is exciting. So I didn't even mention what the person was going to win, but what she won was is I have a Blu-ray of the Krampus 2015 movie that we both love. I have a Blu-ray of that, and then I also have this fun little Krampus ornament that goes with it that you can use. Um, I don't know, if Mandy, if you celebrate Christmas or not, or, or you can give it away or hang it on your window. I don't know. Um, it's a little ornament for your tree and so and and then also uh, Kathy and I both uh, wrote in a card for you so I will send that off as soon as I can you win so my intention this year is um, Kathy may have noticed there's like six seven boxes stacked next to me well I got these boxes out of one of my other rooms and I've got stuff to give away, kids. I'll take some. So I'm thinking that every month or so, I'll come up with some kind of You're like Shannon Claus. I'm Shannon Claus. That's cute. Should we call it it the Shannon Claus moment? Okay, so that we're doing Christmas all year long? Shannon Claus Corner. (laughs) I thought this was supposed to be Halloween all year long.
1: Well, I mean, Nightmare Before Christmas. All right. Shannon Skellington. So we're going to (laughs) figure that out.
0: (laughs) Anyway, every month or so, I want to give some stuff away. Um, And this time, I didn't know what I was giving away, so I wasn't able to, like, bait you with what it is, and then you could decide what you want to do. So the next time I start a contest, um, and it will always be in the Shrink Chat Show, um, I'll just announce it and tell you what I'm going to give away and then ask you to do something, probably. And... We'll go from there. That's what I'm feeling. I'm feeling like giving away some stuff. Coolio. All right. So that's where we're at. Um, the next thing we'd like to do is a little segment. We like Horror to. Call- Facts with Girls. Wow. She was excited that time. Last week, not so much.
1: Yeah. Last week she was, um, she, she was in a calmer yeah. place. Yeah. Yeah. Good singer though. Yeah. She's pretty good. Okay. Number one. On the dashboard of the two main characters' car, a copy of Night Shift, Stephen King's short story collection, in which this film's story first appeared is sitting. So the Night Shift is sitting on the dashboard Mm. and inside of this book, Night Shift, with a bunch of his short stories, (laughs) this film is in that book.
0: Okay.
1: Number two. (laughs) That was rough. I know. It's Sometimes it's hard to word these We're gonna things. We're going to be here all sense. day. The opening scene <laughs> involves a young couple who accidentally run over a young boy who has had his throat slit and was thrown into the road. <laughs> it's okay. I just dropped something. Go she on. was replaying the scene. <laughs> I was. Number three, the main villain of this film is probably best known for playing Cousin It from the Adams Family, the original Adams Family. Okay. Number four. The name of the malevolent entity is he. No, I'm just no, I can't. I'm just oh, laughing. Okay. He who walks behind the rose. What's <laughs> the name of the entity? Whatever, dude. <laughs> and number five, the story was first adapted in a short film called Disciples of the Crow.
0: I don't know during while you were reading my computer literally did a backflip off of our
1: <laughs> off of my desk i thought you were throwing the kid into the road right and um, so halfway
0: through that i like missed half your cues but i didn't want you to i didn't really want to stop because <laughs> i thought it was amusing but go ahead it's what? it's children of the corn oh yeah. Yeah, right. Sure. That's exactly what I was thinking. I thought you would know night shift. Just kidding. I am. Um, no, I. <laughs> She's laughing at I me. I thought you were such a Stephen King connoisseur. <laughs> yeah, not really, I guess. I mean, I love his books, but <laughs> now Kathy's hitting her mic,
1: which is what that sound was. We're a shit show. The name of the malevolent, malevolent, malevolent entity <laughs> is he who walks behind the rose that's what I'm gonna call you <laughs> yeah F you and our podcast studio is called disciples of the crow uh, okay there you go okay thank you for that my <laughs> ap-
0: <laughs> thank you for that thank, thank my you apologies. for that nobody
1: cared moving on <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're a little punchy um my apologies for the disturbance. Oh, I Christ. um I did not mean to have my laptop take a just a gainer over the side <laughs> it was there. a ghost. Um all right. So I had a little Oh boy, she keeps singing. She wants her Cassio. <laughs> She's going to sing for the show. That's her spin-off episode. Um I have a little research here I wanted to share. Okay. And the title of it, it's from Psychology Today. I have no idea which version of it was. It you know which month it was but uh the name of the article is called little kids are already judging you (laughs) that sounds creepy as hell which i thought was in line with our already creepy discussions so children as young as three can watch adults perform an arbitrary manual task and infer that it's being done the correct way even without being told (laughs) do you know this
1: no but i was gonna i was gonna make a comment but go on OK, um,
0: according to this report that was in Psychological Science, so I guess, which is the, the, the name of the journal, um, a degree of moral judgment seems to appear early as well. While it's debatable whether children understand what is right or wrong, they know that there is a they know that there is a right or wrong and they're looking out for social cues like they're looking out to be right or wrong. Um when given the choice, infants and children were more likely to take a single gift from a friendly character than two from an unfriendly character. So like when given the option of more gifts, if they found them unfriendly, they wouldn't take them. Um, a three-year-old who watches someone transgress against someone else is actually quite likely to intervene or protest, which I thought was really interesting. Like a three-year-old will start like talking at you if they feel like you're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... You see it, little kids do that.
1: Yeah, you really do. Mom said you're not allowed to <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and it
0: sounds like you really enjoy when they do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Judgy little It actually reminds, reminds me
1: of Hotel Transylvania. I do not say blah, 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 <laughs> blah. I love that.
0: Oh, that's funny. In addition to precociously absorbing rules, very young children also quickly become able to recognize uh, disingenuousness. Say that three times.
1: Disingenuousness. Disingenuousness. Barely. Disingenuousness.
0: You, barely. You barely had that.
1: <laughs> Studies you published... just asked me to say it three times, so I did.
0: Oh, wow. You're so, like, black and white over there. Studies published in Evolution and Human Behavior show that young children are capable of distinguishing genuine smiles from fake ones in photographs and that they expect kinder behavior from more genuine-looking people. So they must read the eyes. You think
1: we just underestimate kids' attunement?
0: Totally. I, my whole
1: brain, my whole brain. You you have a whole brain. <laughs> my brain this whole time okay. is thinking <laughs> I'm probably not using all of it. Clearly, whoosh is um, you know, I think of, I work with a lot of trauma, so I wonder, just from attachment perspective, if, mm-hmm. if you know, if a kid isn't raised in, in like an ideal child. I don't know, developmental atmosphere, right? Um, is this impacted?
0: Mm -hmm. I imagine it is, but that's a good question for the research. Get on it. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, Oh, uh, let me add this. Uh, Or are they hypervigilant to it? Yeah. I don't know. I think that, I think that very young children look to mirror and read behavior very well. And as we've, as we've discussed like in every single true crime psychology series that we've done, um, that effective communication and mirroring, nonverbal mirroring and communication that goes on between the caregivers and the child has profound effects in right. psychopathy, narcissism, personality disorder, all that. structure yeah. yeah. So they're looking at you. Mm-hmm. Just keep that in mind, folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no pressure, parents. No pressure at all. You're going to mess them up, but just do your best. Okay. So four-year-olds judge a person's behavior, not only by its outcome, but also by what was intended. A recent study found this. So children seem put off by inner moral conflict, at least early in their lives. (laughs) I don't know what that means yet. Okay. So unlike adults, three to eight year olds expected behavior, expected better behavior from characters who acted morally without inner conflict than those who had overcome immoral desires to do the thing.
1: Wait, say that one more time. Can you imagine? Say that
0: one more time. Let me just put this end part. Young children even favored someone who had committed an immoral act with a clear conscience over one who had struggled with it. So what I hear in that is that they're manipulated. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking, of course, from our perspective sure. around true crime is around like... If How young- could
1: they know?
0: I know. Well, the full study isn't here, but yeah. I just thought it was really interesting because they did do a study around... Um, like 4 year old okay so four-year-olds judge a person's behavior not only by its outcome but also by what was intended in le, in, in other words they can just they can read the intent yeah. right yet children seem put off by the inner moral conflict that happens so in other words they read your intent but they read if you feel like if you were conflicted about doing it.
1: Right. So there's the manipulation, right? A parent could feign that.
0: Yeah. And so could a psychopath. Yeah. And that's one of the 4 million reasons why a child will get into a car. Yes. Because if they believe you, if you don't reflect any, um,
1: like you don't care. So in other words, the innocence then is, um, although all of this, Let me, let me make sure I can say this so it makes sense to the audience because there's so much going on in my head. There's still a level of innocence there that they can, how they're deciphering, maybe this will help me articulate this, how they're deciphering between someone with a moral compass versus someone without will depend on how well the other person sort of executes that. So well, even yeah. though they're able to decipher it, someone could feign that, and if they feign it, the child doesn't is not sophisticated enough to right. to decipher the feigning.
0: Right, and and also if we take it out of our kind of skewed vision of things, is that like most people are not going to be able to hide the fact that they had an inner conflict around something, and right. so <clears throat> most of the time in in casual society, kids will read that, you know you were conflicted about it, and then judge you for it. Yeah. <laughs> that's basically what that is. So that was all very interesting, oh, interesting, I thought. So there you go. So we did a Buddy Watch, and um, <sighs> the Buddy Watch was a movie called Empedigore, and it technically says that it came out in 2019. I thought it was a 2020 movie, but it um, this says it came out in 2019. So let me just read a little bit of... What I can. So it's an Indonesian movie. It's mystery thriller, odomera, horror, etc. It It's released to streaming was in July of 2020. So maybe that's why I thought it was that a woman inherits a house in her ancestral village, but she's unaware that members of the community have been trying to locate and kill her to remove the curse that has plagued that particular village for years. Uh, this has a really, I, I'm just going to throw it out there. It's subtitled for one. So um, you're going to get used to me always recommending subtitle movies. I, if they're, if the movie's
1: done well, I'd much rather watch the subtitle than the dub. Oh, always, always agreed. Um, the, I,
0: I'll just start with this. This movie has a great beginning. <laughs> oh. <laughs> watch the first. 10 minutes and then get back to me you know what i'm saying like it has a great beginning i think it's a really successful um gripping the
1: entire
0: movie grips you
1: yeah yeah i mean i i know i texted you that i was traumatized after i watched it so
0: this is what happens i ask her to watch a movie and during the movie she's texting me the whole time like this is sick this is gross you kept saying it was gross and i kept going it's a horror movie of course it's gross i kept thinking in my head and then you got to the end and she said this is kathy I'm traumatized. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, you know, anytime you bring in... I was like, sorry. Babies or children or animals and they are like the focus of the sacrifice or the slaughter or the slashing, it can be really disturbing. But I, I, I love that a lot of international horror is so unapologetic for its rawness because I think sometimes when American filmmakers try to redo films like this, they just kind of no pun intended, they butcher the the rawness. They like Americanize it and it's, they just soften it. And this was, it was brutal.
0: Yeah, I think it just, I think what you're speaking to is like, it just kind of takes- the fire out of it in a way. Yeah. Um, not
1: always, but a lot of times, a lot of times this movie was incredibly well done. And and I also love movies when I don't know any of the actors It's just so much more believable.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. Cause yeah. you're
1: just like, Oh look, it's not
0: Nicole Kidman. So <laughs> it's, it's it, like, you can do that willing suspension of disbelief so much easier. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I think we just think of like, you know, it takes place in a small remote village. Yeah. Far away from America. You know, so there's always that. Yeah, that's kind of creepy. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't want to get stuck there. <laughs> so, stuff I like about this movie
0: is that um, I am. I prefer an atmospheric mm-hmm, thing. Too. Often, so movies I end up really enjoying often nail the atmosphere, and this movie absolutely does that, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a very smart script. I think it's really provocative. And that it provoked, obviously, reactions out of Kathy. And I think it does that for everyone. And it's got a black magic horror element to it. And so that was fascinating. I thought the
1: acting was really well done. (sighs) Really well done. I mean, the older woman Mm -hmm. was great. Um, And I cared about the two young women.
0: I did, too. And that that sells it for me. Like if I care about what happens, like the script can fall apart, and I can say, "Hey, Mm -hmm. the script fell apart," but I'll but I still cared what like I still recommend the movie kind of thing because I cared about them. Mm -hmm. Um, it's supernatural elements too. Obviously, Um, I also like a story that takes into account a really strong cultural view, so it has a lot of that and uh for for horror fans like it's got gore it's it got it has it's a lot got of gore ghosty stuff it's got black magic stuff i think it i just think it's really captivating
1: it does it is um
0: and it's got really good reviews FYI, like I yeah, know. I'm,
1: I'm kind of glancing at an article right now that talks about how, you know, it also, there's a, a, a lot to say too about taking two women from like a big city and just maybe they assume mm-hmm. that they're well equipped to go to a small village because they're from the big city, you know, and, right. and it just says in the article here, I'll just read a couple sentences. Um, Maya and Dini's big city attitudes and the town's more superstitious and old fashioned traditions of the past, ranging from a general mistrust and fear of women to a wholehearted embrace of things like curses and the gruesome lengths that someone need to go through in order to break them. So, um, that's, that's another thing I really like too, is that it was, it was
0: about women. So Mm -hmm. you're following some, um, like complex
1: female characters. Which I like. Yeah, I think that movies too sometimes will, the, the birth is always, I'm always captivated by how they, how directors view pregnancy and birth and the power behind it and the fear of it. A lot of men direct it from a place of terror. Um, And I believe this is a male director, but it, it's, it is. it's very focused. I mean, there's a, there's a pregnancy and birth component to it that put women in a place of power and blame all mm-hmm. at once. And it's really interesting. I'm always really fascinated by the way that pregnancy and birth is um, just portrayed. And it's it. this is a perfect example of like, there's just so much around it that makes it look terrifying and powerful and excruciating and just all at once, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's done some other really interesting
0: films. Satan Slaves mm-hmm. is one of them. Um, but I was also going to say, just for FYI, this movie is, it's on Shutter currently, and it's also the Indonesian entry into the Best International Feature Film category for the next Academy Awards. So cool. this is uh, Indonesia's choice for their entry. So...
1: I like it. it I would good. see it.
0: And I'm going to be doing a little bit of that over the next few months with my, I don't know, screeners and such trying to get my international flavor on to see what each country is putting forward because I dig it. Yeah. Um, right on. So tell me something you watched.
1: I watched, um, let me go find it first here. Oh. I watched a movie called A Good Woman is Hard to Find. I've seen that. Yeah. Uh, I thought personally Mm -hmm. that the lead, I'm just going to try to pull up her. I should have pulled this up first. I apologize. So it's 2019. Um, Also on shutter. Also on shutter. And now it's not pulling up the one that I want. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I thought the lead actress, actor uh, was awesome. Mm -hmm. So this is also a semi revenge Mhm. Horror thriller. Sorry, I had the wrong tab pulled up. Um. Read it to you right now. A uh, recently widowed young mother will go to any lengths to protect her child as she seeks the truth behind her husband's murder. I think right out the gate, I love the way that they. Her character is unapologetically feminine yet incredibly strong and resourceful. And I think it's one of those roles where if you're a single mother and you watch this, I think it portrays um, the resiliency and the just the length that a mother will go to for her children. But not only that, the length that any woman will go to to protect herself and how resourceful we can be, even if we're not... The most physically strong mm-hmm. in the scenario, the way that she used enough of her sexuality. But what I really appreciated about this was there's a there's a scene where um, the one of the main you know perpetrators of the film is assaulting her. A lot of films will overuse how women use their sexuality to sort of overpower. I feel like that was used like very skillfully and it wasn't really what made her powerful. Mm -hmm. She was incredibly intelligent and she was trying to figure out what had happened to her husband who had been murdered and maybe somehow linked to this guy who was trying to hide drugs in her house. Um, I I really thought it was good, and I thought it was character-driven, and I thought she was wonderful. Um, Sarah Bolger, I think, is the name of the woman who played the lead role. Um, I liked it. What did you think? Yeah, I I liked it, too, in general.
0: Like, overall, I thought it was a solid movie. It's English, also. Mm -hmm. Um, If you like things set in England, it's, like... I don't know that it's a strict horror movie. It's more like mystery, thriller, crime, drama Mm -hmm. thing. And I like that. I definitely like that. I thought, um, I don't mind a slow burn. I like that too. So it's definitely a slow, it's It's a slow burn. And um, I think the, I think they stick the ending. Like I think it's, I think they do a really good job. So yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, I, I think it's a solid film. It's like, I would recommend it to anybody who likes that sort of thing.
1: Um, and then I'll just mention one more thing I'm reading. I'm in the middle of reading Joe Nesbo's The Snowman, which they made into a movie a couple of years ago. I think Michael Fassbender plays the main detective. So this author, he's written several uh, books. I think this is the fourth in the series of this detective, this fictional detective. Ironically, his name is, his name is Harry Hole, oh, um, but right it then. takes place in Germany and um, it's very atmospheric. Very atmospheric. It's called the snowman. Okay. So the killer is called the snowman because the killer builds one, a snowman near the the homes of his intended victims. The real snowman face uh, inward towards the house and occasionally part of the snowman is replaced with a human part, a head, for instance. For Harry, it's part of the job, but he must juggle it with a few interpersonal relationships he has. Harry is trying to get over a failed relationship with Raquel that Harry still loves her and is still devoted to her son, Oleg. Um, But it really is mostly about his internal conflict as a human um, trying, you know, he he's, he drinks a lot. He's trying to stay sober through this whole thing. He's super triggered. And then when they think they've caught the person who's been doing this, they realize that that's a trap. Um, but it's, it takes you on this roller coaster and um, I love really well written psychological thrillers and I have not seen the movie. I kind of, I'm going to watch it after I read the book, but um, I was looking up some of the best like fictional crime books over the last five or so years. And this one came up. And so and that's why you got it. That's why I got it. And I, I got it for Christmas and nice. I've been reading it and I'm about halfway through and it's really kept my interest. And it has that uh, really dark sort of creepy atmospheric piece when you're reading it. So oh, that's like, awesome. Pulls you in. yeah, I recommend it if people like, that kind of psychological thriller or horror. I've talked about Jefferson bass on the show before and the body farm novels are another one. This sort of falls in line where you're reading it and you're just, you know, kind of sometimes creeped out to get up and go <laughs> grab something to drink. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like if it's late at night. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's
0: cool. I know that, um, for a while there, we tried a, a book club on the discord and I think we're going to start it up again. Cause I know that, um, I know Pepper has a book she wants to read and I have a book I want to read. So maybe we'll okay, yeah. throw that in the mix. That'd yeah. be fun. Um, cause we have a voice channel on there too. We can yeah. literally get on mm-hmm. there and talk. You can do um, video on there too. You my, can. my
1: family and I have a discord. We do that sometimes.
0: Nice. Yeah. Uh, the next movie I wanted to mention was a movie called shadow in the cloud. And this is a 2020 movie. So it's right out of the gate. Um, it's controversial in the sense that some people are like what? And other people <laughs> and other people like really love it. So the thing about this movie I'm, I'm going to read here
1: <clears throat>
0: shadow in the cloud. It's 2021. I'm mentioning this actually because you mentioned like the fierceness of mother protector. So yeah, in the throes of world war II, captain Maud Garrett, who's played by Chloe Grace Moretz. I like her. She's great in this. Joins the all-male crew of a B-17 bomber with a top-secret package. Caught off guard by the presence of a woman on a military flight, the crew tests mods every move. Um, Just as her quick wit is winning them over, strange things start to happen, and holes in her backstory incite paranoia surrounding her true mission. But the crew has more to fear. Lurking in the shadows, something sinister is tearing at the heart of the plane. Trapped between an oncoming air ambush and an evil lurking within, Maud must protect, must push beyond her limits to save, um, uh, save herself, mm, save the hapless crew, and protect her mysterious cargo. So she. <clears throat> What I want to say about this movie is that it's part creature feature, part war movie, part social commentary. <laughs> okay. Okay. The thing about this movie is that it's bonkers. So I would say I I want people to see it because I really, I mean... <laughs> It doesn't always blend its like ingredients of the movie like well or evenly or whatever, which is one of the critics that I read. That's what they said. But it's like, um, this same critic said, pul- it's pulpy fun. Here's what I didn't expect because I had read uh, like other people really saying, like, oh, this movie is nuts, but I actually like it. Like, that's the feeling. Mm-hmm. The feeling is, okay. This movie is Oh, crazy town. Like I shouldn't like this, but I tell you from the first scene to the last scene, I was gripped. Cool. So it's, you know, the critics are all over the place with it. The audience score is terrible, but like if, if you're used to watching the movies that we watch, I would say watch it and then have a heated discussion with someone about it because it is girl power.
1: What is it called again?
0: Shadow in the cloud. It is girl power. It is. uh, There's a little bit of sci-fi in there, but not so much that like you wouldn't like it, Kathy, because I know that's not your thing. Her performance is great. To give you an idea, there's a, a large portion of the movie takes place with her in like a three by three space. Wow, she is this movie. Like she—that's she, that's hard. She's in the bottom barrel, like little. I don't know what the, like little it's not the cockpit, but it's like the gunner. That's what it is. It's the gunner, um, seat underneath the world war two plane. So there was a thing that they would, the gunner would get down into this little ball that moves around under the plane with the guns. Do, 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 do. I'm looking up pictures of her. Right so now. they put her in there. Um, you know, the beginning of the movie happens. We're doing this whole thing. She's got this cargo. She's got to take one place to another. She's on a top secret miss mesh mission. Sorry. And they put her in this gunner ball that's underneath the plane. And literally well, a huge chunk of the movie is her in this ball and the camera on her and what happens in that ball. And like the radio, she's talking to the guys over the radio and then the sci-fi stuff that happens. Hmm. I, I don't know. It was a fun ride. That's all I'm gonna say. It's not a perfect movie, and I can see why people are like, "What the fuck? Screw this movie!" But like, it was a fun ride. And if you take it with that, if you take it with that perspective, I think you'll enjoy it a whole lot more. I also watched Swallow, 2020. Um, This is a big mental health movie. Um, It's an unconventional approach to. some things. So a young housewife in a seemingly perfect marriage develops pica, the irresistible urge to ingest inedible objects and material. So this is a very um this movie was also like a festival movie um was at Sundance etc. but it uh <laughs> what do I say about this movie? slow, character driven, quiet uh, really, really shows you what someone with pica goes oh, through.
1: Wow. Okay.
0: Um, it was it was actually for a mental health movie. Like it was refreshing. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's really good. I mean, I think it's. I think it's interesting a quality that they movie. made a
1: movie on that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think people really understand the. depths of that disorder though and it's very
0: much you know eating disorder type of um behavior and uh just like the compulsive, yeah Mm -hmm. and it's 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 provocative um one of the reviews i was reading said it was like squirm inducing
1: (laughs) i mean some people eat feces
0: yeah i didn't have the squirm thing and also not everybody loves this movie either but i enjoyed it from a psychological perspective. Cause there are not that many movies that do a good job of, of offering us something about that feels more genuine about this particular compulsion. Like mm-hmm. I haven't seen, I personally, they're probably out there, but I personally haven't seen a good movie on Pica where you both don't understand why she can't stop you're kind of going like sh- sh- oh, hello mm-hmm. <laughs> stop it the lead actress her name's haley bennett um she you know won awards at film festivals for this performance uh it's 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 a really great performance but also learning a little bit about pika is important and you have that visceral audience response of what the fuck is she doing? And also, oh, you know, mm-hmm. like you have that, what we were, what we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks around that sort of ambivalence of get it together and all of that. Yeah. So there could be conversations around this. Like, is it exploitive? Is this movie exploitive with that particular disease? You know, because of the way it ends and what happens, like, is that really what we want? Blah, blah, blah. Like you could have a pretty good mental health. I think conversation around looking
1: at it right now. I I like, I think I've seen her in other things.
0: Mm -hmm. And just for fun, I'll throw this in here at the end, unless you have something else to say about Mm -hmm. that movie. No. Okay. So I also (laughs) was able to, uh, with my friend ice on the discord, watch the 1973, the creeping flesh. (laughs) So I Got the sense, and he can correct me if I'm wrong, but I got the sense as one of his faves from the old days, and it's Peter Cushing and Christopher oh, Lee. Oh, wow. And Christopher Lee. Hello, wow. Like, hello. Uh, I really enjoyed this movie. Definitely a horror movie. Um, it's 1973. It's British, so it's got that sensibility. Uh, Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing star in it, a- along with Lorna um, Hilbron. And it was a lot of fun. <laughs> I can say that it was a lot of fun. Um it was also nice to watch it with somebody that already really likes it and was recommending it. And um you know, I just like those actors. I've actually had the opportunity to watch a couple of Peter Cushing's movies lately. Mm-hmm. I watched I also watched um The Beast Must Die. And that <laughs> that's an interesting movie because you uh like halfway through, or almost right before the the ending, they ask the audience to guess like who did it. It's like a who done it. Oh, and that's okay. nineteen seventy four, and it's not like it's the best movie ever made. I'm looking at
1: the cover box,
0: <laughs> it's not the best movie ever made. But um, it looks more like
1: a dog than a werewolf. So,
0: so that's the thing.
1: Okay, it's
0: supposed to be a werewolf movie. We're getting to the werewolf part. And this like massive, like fluffy German shepherd dog runs through and like attacks everyone. So that was kind of the joke. I watched it actually in a different Discord that's a public Discord. It's called OVR, um, Overdue Video Review. And they, um, they were watching that movie. And so I joined in. Because that's like the best way to get exposed to movies I've never heard of is to just jump in on people's watches, and it's supposed to be a werewolf, and that was the big joke. Is like that's oh little puppy, like yeah. you know.
1: <laughs> it was oh, like it'd be oh, like if Liam
0: showed up, all oh, like ten pounds. Yeah. <laughs> the fun part was actually the who done it part. Yeah, and the uh, the who done it is who's the werewolf, and so then it comes to the part where you're supposed to guess, and I actually guessed right, and so oh that's cool. That was super fun. That's kind of fun and then there's some other things that happen after that that I won't ruin but it's fun it's kind of like that um
1: the house on haunted hill mm-hmm. type oh, of yeah, vibe where, where you're you're kind of wondering you're kind of playing along almost like th- when you were saying that what came to my mind still one of my favorite books to this day is Agatha Christie's and then there were none.
0: There you go. Yeah. It's like the that. Whodunit. It's like a whodunit. Um, it, you know, the werewolves aren't really werewolves. spoiler. Uh, I mean, they are supposed to be werewolves. So it's yeah. not really a spoiler, but it lo- it's a big dog. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it has an African American actor at the helm named Calvin Lockhart who plays it like he's doing Shakespeare. So yeah, that's awesome. interesting. But, um, <laughs> was a lot of fun so there's that thank you so much for showing up
1: you're welcome (laughs) i'm glad i could make it today
0: thank you so much for listening we very much appreciate you um check us out on social media and join our patreon if you'd like to come by and watch some movies with us um this is shrink chat my name is shannon and i'm kathy sleep safe everyone We hope you enjoyed this episode of Shrink Chat. Please check us out on our Patreon page, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We'd love to engage with you as part of our community. Please take a moment to leave us a comment on any of our social media. Thank you so much for listening, and once again, sleep safe.